The Word of God says that those that are led by the Spirit are what? The sons of God. Well, the Word goes on and says that all of creation is growing for your appearance. The sons, not the children of God, but the sons of God. So how do you know you're a son of God? You're led by the Spirit. And this is what we're going to go into tonight. We're going to go over the four functions of the soul. Because when we're born again, Christ comes in here, right? And we're reconciled back to God. So this Spirit, right there, when we're born again, we are automatically reconciled back to God. It's in perfect league with the Father. We have one problem after that. This is not in perfect league with the Father. Because if you got saved last night, you're an alcoholic. Unless God miraculously delivered you right then, you still got an alcohol problem, right? So therefore, we get into a place to be led by the Spirit of God. Our born-again, reconciled Spirit must be in charge of our life, not our intellect. They have to be synchronized together to where the Word has come into my head in such a way that I not just can quote it, not just can memorize it. He never said that. He said to what? Become it. I become the word. And as I become the word, I walk like him. I talk like him. My personification is nothing but Christ. Amen? But what are the characteristics of a soul, an intellect, that has not been processed by the Lord. I'm going to give them to you. You ready? Disobedient, stubborn, selfish, boastful, egotistical, insecure, rude, show-off, someone who has to be the center of attention, rebellious, proud, and arrogant. I'm going to go through the functions of the soul here God is calling you to a process. He's calling you to a place to come up here with me, get away from the world. He says, what? Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the what? The renewing of your mind. It is about maturing the bride. How many of you have been given an instruction and you went, oh, I don't do that. When we get the instruction, and how many of you know you can get this instruction from your adversary that can throw you into the trial? doesn't have to be the apostle or the pastor or the minister. It can come from somebody. That one word throws you into the trial. Give me James 1, 2 through 5. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped, covered up with, or encounter trials or any sort of, or fall into any various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so you may be perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproach or fault finding, and it will be given unto him. So when a trial comes, and when the trial comes, to get through the trial, we must go through this rotation. 
In the trial, here's the very first thing that happens. A word is spoken, and that, that word came from the Lord, but here you go. In the first thing we begin in the intellect, we begin to reason the trial. Let's go to Isaiah 1, 18 through 20. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they should be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. If God's love is unconditional, his word is conditional. If you are willing and obedient. See, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is what? Weak. My spirit's going, yep, God, I'm willing to do that. But my intellect's going, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want nothing to do with that. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. What is the sword? The word. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That puts a little reverent fear in me when I hear the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Go to Hebrews 4.12 because I want to show you exactly what happened when the word was spoken to me that cast me into the trial. You ready? For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and the joints and the marrow, the, the deepest parts of your sinful nature exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. It was dividing right between my spirit man and my intellect. And buddy, it was on. Now I have to make a decision because in this position right here, I must choose what kingdom I'm going to walk in. Over here in the will and choice, you have to make decisions too. But right here, I had to understand I was either going to reason with God or I was going to reason with the devil. See, in Isaiah, he said, come let us reason together. Reasoning it in the word that I did. And I want to tell you something about reasoning. I'm going to warn you very sternly. If you reason too long, it will send you into confusion and confliction and then all of a sudden you begin to listen to the enemy much more than you're listening to God that we get to a certain level move when you hear what you're supposed to do don't think about it anymore get into that vein and go with it there's joy in the morning in the processing from reasoning into the will and choice function choose obedience See, this is the place of death. This is Gilgal. This is where I die to myself. Over in the will and choice is now where I make the decision of obedience. Proverbs 3, 11, 13. My son, do not despise or shrink from the chastening of the Lord, his correction by punishment or by subjection to what? Or trial. Neither by weary or impatient about or loathe or abhor his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. 
Even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights, happy, blessed, fortunate, enviable, is the man who finds skillful and godly wisdom and the man who gets understanding, drawing it forth from God's word and life's experiences. What was God trying to do? He was trying to get me to do something I didn't want to do in order to get me to a place I always wanted to be. That's what he wanted. The most beautiful thing you'll ever experience is God's humility because it'll bring you to a level of love like you've never experienced. Now I'm choosing. I've got to be obedient. I do have a choice, but I love God and I want to do it right. How do we get to this place sometimes that we can break our will? Go to Philippians 1 and 6 for me. And I am convinced and sure of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ right up until the time of his return developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. Sometimes we got to grab onto a word. And we've got to meditate on that word till it becomes us until we understand we can't figure God out. Don't try. We just can't do it. It'll make your head explode. Go to Ephesians 4.22 through 24 for me. Here's the key right here. Strip yourselves of your former nature. Now understand something. God doesn't strip you. Not here. You strip you. It's a choice. See, what did Joshua say? Choose you this day. Who will you serve? As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. It's a choice I make here. The word says, I set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Amen. Strip yourselves of your former nature and put and discard your old unrenewed self which characterized your previous manner of life and become corrupt through the lust and desires that spring up from delusion. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude and put on the new nature the regenerate self created in God's image, God-like, in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, give me, give me 431. Let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, passions, rage, bad temper, resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander, evil speaking, abusive, or blasphemous language be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, and baseness of any kind. Go to Galatians 2.20, because this is when I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith, in by adherence to and reliance and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I walked around and I'm telling you that became my word. 
when I began to speak it out of my mouth, was it the actual truth in me at that point? No, but let me tell you something. As I began to speak it in the atmosphere, this man began to change. Wow, it began to happen. And I spoke it over and over and over and over. Okay, so now I've taken you and I've given you some scriptures. And like I said, I'm showing you the process and giving you the example of the process because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and what? The word of the testimony. Amen. I've taken you through the reasoning and now I've taken you through the choice. Now I am willing and obedient. Remember the Isaiah scripture? If you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So now we go from the reasoning, decision, now to the emotions. And let me tell you something. The devil can only get to you through your emotions. That's the only way he can reach you. This head is a processor. You have thoughts, good thoughts. You have bad thoughts, evil thoughts, good thoughts. The thoughts come from two sources, either God or the devil. You are the processor. You can only think on what you download and put it on your hard drive. It's the same thing as the Microsoft program. So if you're not downloading them, you say, well, how do I, how do I not download them? Well, we go to 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and it says, bring every thought to the obedience of Christ. Insomuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. Give me 10.6. Being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience. I'm not talking, don't go pointing your finger at your brother. Look in the mirror. So when the thought comes, see what did the word say? You strip yourself. See the more word that goes in there, the word will come up. It comes out when temptation comes. So in your emotions, this is the test of love. I've taken care of the reasoning. I've taken care of the choice. I'm willing and obedient. Now it's the test of love. What comes in the test of love? Temptation. Remember I said I wasn't done with the trial? So this is the test of love. Will I remain? Will I stick with it? Because see, my even though I was willing and obedient, I was still in pain. You see it? But God was processing me. Um, go to James 1.12. In the emotions is where we must choose our relationship and love of God. We must choose Him. Worship's always going to be the key here because He brings peace and worship. Blessed, happy to be envied is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. For when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. He didn't tell you temptation wasn't going to come. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness much more than we could ever think about. So when the temptation, I'm hearing all these things. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. Beloved, do not be amazed and bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality 
as though something strange, unusual, and alien to you and your position were befalling you. But in so far as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, rejoice so that when his glory, full of radiance and splendor, is revealed, you may also rejoice with triumph exaltedly. Okay, we went through the reasoning. We went through the will and choice, willing and obedient. Now we went through the test of love. Now we're doing the test of crossing over. And that's when the trial starts coming to an end. That's when God's love begins to fill you. And give me 1 Peter 5 and 10. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who imparts all blessings and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. Now we know how to get through the process Man, thank God for the trial. Every time a trial hits you, it is divine. Count it all joy because God's wanting to take you from this position to that position and then one more time to this position till we get all the way to our completion. So every time it comes up, don't whine and cry. I know that's going to be hard to do sometimes because sometimes there's some trials that are extremely intense. But we have an advocate. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness. When we go through the trial, right here when we get over in the test of crossing over, all these things begin to happen. And this is what Paul's talking about work your salvation out. Amen? Okay, so now we see the complete process. When the trial comes, rejoice. That's your promotion in motion. 